Hello again and welcome to Lifestyle Matters. My name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and we have with us Ms. Sharmi Chen of the Dietitian's Kitchen. Hello Sharmi, how are you? Hi, hello Frego. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. It's great to have you on uh, for the episode today. I just wanted to clarify exactly your professional title and your role. So can you explain what you do and what you are, first of all? My name is Charmi, so I'm a community dietitian. So I'm based in Adelaide in Australia. So mm-hmm. um, my role is a community dietitian that I visit my clients, provide home visit service, um, also Medicare consultant service. And so what does a dietitian do? This question, um, well, actually, we do a lot of things. <laughs> mm. um, let's say if I'm seeing a client for my Medicare appointment, well, it depends on what's the referral reason. So usually the GP refer, refer a client to us and then they might have high cholesterol issues, diabetes, high, um, high blood pressure, different types of chronic diseases. So what we need to do is look after their diet, see how can improve their diet and to help with this uh, chronic, um, chronic disease. Yeah. yeah. So really, a dietitian advises people on how to manipulate their diet for the benefit of their long-term and for that matter, short-term health. And there are yeah. significant benefits uh, that one can achieve by relatively simple changes in one's diet. Would, would, would you agree with that statement? Definitely. But yeah. depends on different dietitians got different role. If a clinical mm. dietitian, then they're more focusing on a short-term, uh, short-term assistance, I would say, when mm-hmm. they work in a hospital. Usually they um, there is an acute setting, so they can't really do too much education and help them in the long term because, you know, the patient um, admitted to the hospital and discharged very quickly. So Mm. as a clinical dietitian, they will help them in a very short period of time in the hospital, Mm. try to help them to be uh, medically stable. And then once they discharged, they might pass to a community dietitian for the follow up. And at Mm. this point, um, I would say the education is a really important part at this point. So the mm. community dietitian will have a longer time to follow up. They might see these patients monthly or even like weekly or and then monthly and then maybe yearly so that they will follow that up and help this patient to achieve their uh, dietary health goals. Right. And that's where you come in because you're a community dietitian. Yes, that's correct. Right. So I thought today we'd talk about the Mediterranean diet. Now, I mean, the Mediterranean diet was first, uh, the the evidence base for the Mediterranean diet, first of all, came from the Lyon Heart Study. And Lyon is a uh, city in France. And so researchers in the city of Lyon made the hypothesis that there was something about the way people who live around the shores of the Mediterranean Sea how they have better outcomes after heart disease, after having had, a, having had a heart attack. And so they postulated that there was something in this diet. What they did was they gave a bunch of people the Mediterranean diet, and then they gave another uh, cohort of people usual treatment. 
And they find that actually people who were on the Mediterranean diet who had, had already had a heart attack lived longer and, and had fewer complications over a study period of about four years. And so that was the first crucial evidence for the benefit of the Mediterranean diet as, the, as a secondary prevention for heart disease. And then further trials, including the PREDIMED study, demonstrated similar benefits of the Mediterranean diet in the primary prevention of heart disease. So helping people who had risk factors for heart disease, but who had not yet suffered from any heart disease, even they benefited in terms of a reduced risk of progression to first cardiac event. So that was the, th those were the kind of the key studies that for me at least demonstrated the efficacy of the Mediterranean diet certainly in uh, cardiovascular disease. So having, you know, angina, heart attack, hypertension, that kind of thing. But we now know that the Mediterranean diet is useful for a wide range of conditions. So, you know, could you talk us through what your understanding of the, the application of the Mediterranean diet might be? When people first found this uh, Mediterranean diet, the first studies probably started in 1950. There's a scientific studies um, showing that when people is following the Mediterranean diet, they realize that they have a lower rate of heart disease. That's a um, mm. scientist discovered that um, about those people who live around the Mediterranean Sea. So this country, including them, Greece, Italy, Spain, this area. So why people live longer, the quality of life seems better, and they find out that they actually, it's related to their eating pattern, and they give it a mm. name called Mediterranean diet. And because of these health benefits, they see these people's um, have a better quality of life. This draw the, draw the scientists' attention. And then they studied more to try to find out how this dietary pattern affect our health. And a lot of research released and around in 1990s, this health organization start promoting the health benefits of uh, following the Mediterranean diet. And nowadays, all, a lot of studies have shown that it actually can reduce the risk of developing cardiovascular disease, diabetes, certain types of cancers, some mm. neurodegenerative diseases such as um, dementia, Alzheimer's mm. disease. And some studies show that it actually helps to delay the onset and also slow down these um, neurodegenerative disease um, progression. Mm. So that's a lot of strong evidence has already proven that there's a lot of benefits for following this diet. And there's also evidence now for the Mediterranean diet and the management of depression. Yeah. And actually, a more recent study done out of uh, Melbourne called the SMILE study, I think was the first study where they did, I think they, they used a modified Mediterranean diet to actually prove that uh, you could actually treat depression uh, just with diet alone. So it's, it's a very exciting concept, isn't it, that you can manipulate diet for very specific health benefits. I mean, if you, we've, we've already talked about uh, cardiovascular disease, so the reduced risk of, of having a heart attack or, for that matter, a stroke. We've talked about 
diabetes. But very specifically, we know that the Mediterranean diet is associated with a reduced risk of uh, insulin resistance, a reduction in HbA1c, and an increase in um, glucose tolerance. So these are, and this is proven by very specific measurements. So it's not by any means a, a, a wishy-washy intervention. It's actually a well-researched, well-founded intervention. So having described where it comes from and specifically what are some of the health benefits for it, I suppose it behoves us then to actually ask ourselves, well, what is in the Mediterranean diet? Yeah. And this is where you come in, isn't it? Right. Yes. Um, so for Mediterranean diet, it's not just a weight of eating. It's actually a um, lifestyle, I would say. Um, so when we look at the recommendations for uh, what to eat, you hardly see there's like a very specific portions recommended to you that you should eat that much portion of fruit or vegetables or oil um, it's about a concept of the eating style. So at this point, I'm going to show people this um, called diet pyramid, a Mediterranean diet pyramid. And I think people can have a better understanding when they look at this diet pyramid. You can see from the bottom bit that it shows that be actively, uh, be physically active, enjoy meals with family, with others. It's about the social connection, living style. And then for the second level is the biggest portion here is talking about a lot of fruit and vegetables, grains, and mainly whole grains with some mm. olive oils, beans, nuts, legumes, seeds, and it's promoted to use uh, herbs and spice for cooking, but less salt and sugar. Mm. And then higher up than the fruit and vegetable, you can see there's like fish, prawns, some seafoods here. So for Mediterranean diet, predominantly people's protein intake will be from uh, seafood, fish. But then after that, higher than the seafood is a little bit poultry eggs and cheese. So it does recommend to have a limited uh, intake of the meat, uh, like your poultry mm -hmm. and cheese and egg. And then the top bit is red meat and sweets. So yeah. for the Mediterranean diet, it's basically a lot of fruit and vegetables, whole grains, um, mm -hmm. nuts and seeds, but with limited meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I take from that actually is, a, is it, it emphasizes, as you say, the whole grains and the, the, the whole foods and the whole vegetables. But there's a key thing in there, which is fiber. You know, whole grains and vegetables that contain a lot of fiber. And we know there are multiple health benefits from fiber, including lowering of cholesterol, including the reduction in risks of, of colorectal cancer, et cetera. There's also uh, a lot of uh, olive oil in there, which and there's a there's an emphasis then on on emphasizing olive oil and minimizing saturated fat. Would you agree with that? Yes. So the ideas of Mediterranean diets emphasize using a lot of we call that good oil, good fat. Mm. So this yeah. good oil or good fat is come from mainly come from um, olive oil. Um, mm. People sometimes like to use the extra virgin, the cold-pressed version of the olive oil, but they don't have yeah. 
big difference. Doesn't really matter. You don't have to use extra virgin olive oil in your day to day cooking. Yes, yeah. you can just use olive yeah. oil. And so, so where where do you get where do you get saturated fats in a diet? Then, if we're minimizing saturated fats in the Mediterranean diet, then where do you where can one obtain so the if risky foods for saturated into, fat? Yeah. So if we look into this diet pyramid, we can see our saturated fat is mainly come from、um, animal fat. For example, those red meat. If you、yeah. can see,、uh, if like for example, like a steak, the white part of the steak is full of saturated fat. Pork、yeah. belly, the white part,、yeah. saturated fat, or butter, or even cheese、yeah. and yogurt. We got quite a lot of saturated fat、yeah. in it when it's a milk-based、uh, dairy products. Because、yeah. of the Mediterranean diet recommended to limit these、uh, options. That's why、mm. it's lower in saturated fat. Yeah, and of course, you mentioned the whiteness in in the in the in the meat, so the pork belly and the red meat. But the, you know, the, it, when you're getting a steak, for instance, that white fat presents as marbling, and actually, a, the, the mark of a good quality steak is the quality of the marbling, which is the content of the fat. So, paradoxically, what what is sold as high quality steak is actually very bad for you because it's full. Of saturated fat. Absolutely, you're right. But、yeah. just people enjoy the taste because the fat、yeah. give you this smooth and creamy texture.、Um, mm. It's like melted in your mouth. That's what makes people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but actually, now there's another. There's a there's another、um, thing that I like about the Mediterranean diet, and that is that it doesn't exclude alcohol. Hmm. There is a role for alcohol in the red in the Mediterranean diet. Would you care to talk about that? That's an interesting part.、Um, so when people look into it, yet、yeah, you can see on the diet pyramid, there's a glass of red wine sitting on the top.、Um, some、yeah. people are pretty excited. Oh, is that means Mediterranean diet? So we can drink wine? Yes, you can, but it's only in a moderate amount. Yeah, and even excluding the red wine in in Mediterranean diet, it's fine. It's completely fine. You can have no wine, no alcohol, but still、mm-hmm. go for this、um, this eating style, eating habit. Yeah, so I would like to emphasize that in Australia, the the recommended limits for alcohol consumption、yeah. are ten standard drinks per week, and no more than four standard drinks on any one occasion. And so, ten standard drinks roughly equates to about Seven、uh, standard uh, strengths, st- standard strength beers. Yeah. So you're probably looking at a beer a day, but you're absolutely right. the 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 Mediterranean diet, it is not mandatory to consume alcohol as part of this diet. It is simply a choice, and I think that's one of the the advantages of the Mediterranean diet. It doesn't actually specifically exclude any particular food group. What it makes one think about. Is the overall balance, and so you're reducing、uh, calorie dense sweets, sugars, saturated fat foods, and you're emphasizing whole grains, vegetables, with a lot of fiber, in the context of olive oil and other、uh, other kind of、um, monounsaturated fatty acids. And so there's another thing.、Um, There's another thing that it, the concept called the omega three to omega six ratio. Are you able to talk about that?、Mm. Um, omega six and omega three ratios. 
Yes, yeah. I can talk about that. But that is um, in a Mediterranean diet, I would say it didn't provide us a really um, good omega-3 to 6 ratio unless you're going to eat quite a lot of fish, um, the uh, rich omega-3 options, not just fish, but also mm. maybe different types of nuts that has good mm. omega-3 in it. Um the ratios of omega-3 to 6, if it's considered a higher omega-3 and then to a little bit lower omega-6, that gives us those anti-inflammatory effects. And yeah. for the Mediterranean diet, it's, I would say it's a bit higher in omega-6 that's come from our um, olive oil. Mm. But then the omega three will come from the seafood, but because we don't, we won't recommend you to eat too much. It's all moderate intake. So um, I wouldn't say this diet's promoting uh, really good ratios of having that perfect three to six ratio, if that makes sense. Mm. Right. So even though it doesn't necessarily strictly adhere to the right kind of numbers, uh, you know, for the ratio between omega three and six. Overall, it still has these significant benefits in the prevention of the initiation of chronic disease and also the, yes. the, the reduction in the rate of progression of chronic disease. So we've, we, we've, we've discussed what's in the Mediterranean diet. And it's great if you live in the Mediterranean, isn't it? But what if you don't live in the Mediterranean? What if you live in Southeast Asia? Right. How do you translate that into uh, specific ethnic cuisine? How does that translate? That's a really challenging question to answer, right. Um, and that's also the people uh, facing that's like a challenge for people to follow the Mediterranean diet if they live quite far away from the Mediterranean Sea looking for these ingredients because they, they are talking about a lot of local produce um, that's in this Mediterranean diet. So if you live so far away, you don't get the seafood, what you can do. And I think it's more about thinking about the concept of this Mediterranean diet. It's promoting that to have a lot of unprocessed food, unprocessed like whole grain, fresh vegetables and fruits and you can get this in your local market get the one that is freshly produced and they are less processed this is just the concept of um, taking this diet get the less refined product and then right. also with like a moderate intake of your red meat um, but there's something's quite challenging for example give you an example um, let's say People who live in Asia, they love uh, rice. Okay, I'm an Asian. I'm from South Southern China. I love my mm -hmm. jasmine rice or I love my mm -hmm. sushi rice, and they are not whole grain. So what I'm no, they're very much not, are they? <laughs> no, they're just white rice. But this is yeah. uh, the culture. So how can we adapt this um, Mediterranean diet into different culture? Is we have to sometimes we have to cherry picking to pick something mm -hmm. that we can adapt to it. Um, I would say like maybe add some brown rice into your white rice to mix them together to increase mm -hmm. the fiber content if people's mm -hmm. willing to do it. Um, 
still increase your vegetable intake, but you can get the seasonal vegetables. Like maybe if you、mm. live in a, a Asian country, get your Asian greens, your bok choy, wonbok, all these green、um, Chinese vegetables. It's fine.、Mm. You don't need to have to get these、um, maybe olives or eggplant these、uh, vegetables、mm. if you don't have them around you.、Mm. All right. What about the olive oil? Do you need to cook with olive oil if you're from Southeast Asia and you're trying to follow the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, another thing is the cost. So、um, if you live far away, let's say、um, far away in the Asian countries, is maybe olive oil is a very expensive option for them.、Mm. Um, what I would suggest is、uh, try to buy like a, a bulk. Then that will maybe cheaper, but if you can't really get them, it's just too expensive. Then go for different types of vegetable oil is completely fine.、Mm. Yeah. What、And、kinds of vegetable oil would you recommend? So, even for olive oil, I wouldn't say we can use for all types of cooking because olive oil generally have a lower smoke point. It's not suitable、mm-hmm. for. Stir fry or deep fry in Asian culture, maybe they do a lot more stir fry. So olive oil would not be a the best options for doing that cooking method. So in、mm. Asian, if you like to use like a high heat cooking, some oils with a higher smoke point, for example, canola oil, sunflower oil,、um, or rice bran oil. These oils they have a higher smoke points, more suitable for high heat cooking. And are the health benefits of canola oil, etc., are they similar to the health benefits that one receives by the use of olive oil? Well, I would say they both have、um, a lot of monounsaturated fat. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like、uh, the nutritional contents, these two types of oil both have high level of monounsaturated fat, but the difference is. For example, the cold pressed extra virgin olive oil,、um, because of the the method to produce this oil is like a mechanically cold pressed without using any heat. It preserves a lot of nutrients. For example, it's called、um, phenols. These nutrients、mm-hmm. is a anti、uh, is a antioxidants. So it has a higher、mm-hmm. level of antioxidant in this oil. So that's probably why it's. It's benefit to our health because of the antioxidants,、mm. but、um, when you look at the canola oil, maybe it got less antioxidants in it, but it still have a lot of good fat, the mono、uh, monounsaturated fat. We、mm. can get our antioxidant maybe from fruit or vegetable to compensate the loss. Right, right. So again, it's emphasizing the overall balance rather than focusing on one particular element of the diet. That's the key thing I'm hearing from you. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I want to thank you today for your expertise, Sharmi. I really appreciate your insights, and I hope we can talk again very soon on other kinds of dietary interventions for the management of chronic disease. So, to, for today, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's all for today, folks. This has been Lifestyle Matters.